Welcome to Watch Therefore. Our Savior Jesus told us to watch for His coming, and the signs that He spoke of are all around us, shouting, Watch Therefore, and be ready. So join me, Dove Schwartz, as we learn to watch and prepare for the coming of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now today's program was recorded at Calvary Chapel Beth Shalom in Pearland, and I'd like to invite all of our listeners in the Houston area to join us at Calvary Chapel in Pearland, where the Bible is taught line upon line, chapter upon chapter, book upon book, where prayer is a priority and where fellowship is something we experience together as Jesus our Savior walks in our midst by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, Ray Jensen is the new pastor at Calvary Chapel Beth Shalom, and the Lord has raised him up to lead this congregation in this critical hour just before the coming of Messiah Jesus. Listen today, and we pray you're blessed. Exodus 7 and verse 1. So the Lord said to Moses, See, I have made you as God to Pharaoh, and Aaron your brother shall be your prophet. You shall speak all that I command you, and Aaron your brother shall tell Pharaoh to send the children of Israel out of his land. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart and multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt. But Pharaoh will not heed you, so that I may lay my hand on Egypt and bring my armies and my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by great judgments. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand on Egypt and bring out the children of Israel from among them. Then Moses and Aaron did so, just as the Lord commanded them, so they did." And Moses was 80 years old, and Aaron 83 years old, when they spoke to Pharaoh. First off, right there, I know people, they're like, well, I'm too old to be doing ministry. It's time for me to lay off. Hey, look how old these guys were. 80 and 83. Don't think you're too old to do any any ministry work. You've got, as long as you're breathing, you can still do something, right? So God said that Moses would seem like God to Pharaoh, probably because of the plagues that God would perform through Moses. And also Aaron would be his prophet. Now, a prophet is someone who speaks for God. God would send uh, prophets to the nations, and they would speak on behalf of God, and that's why he said that of Aaron. So the message would be the same, let my people go. And Aaron's eloquence of speech would be verified through Moses' supernatural signs. you got one guy talking. You know, people say talk is cheap. Back it up. Okay, Aaron talks. Moses backs it up is what's happening here. And all this time... Moses has been saying, but Pharaoh won't listen. Pharaoh's not going to listen. And God basically says, yeah, he won't. He won't listen. He won't because I'm going to harden his heart. So he said, expect it. Again, as I talked about before, it seems unfair for God to harden Pharaoh's heart. We think about that. God hardened his heart. That, That don't sound right. That don't sound fair. You know, I just want to say real quick, we don't put God in our courtroom and try to make God fair. We don't do that. God does what he wants with who he wants for his purposes. And the purpose that God has in this was so that through Pharaoh's hardness of his heart, God would enact his judgments through 10 plagues on Egypt. It would take all these extreme judgments to get Pharaoh to release Israel. It's going to take all this. You know, I'm hard-headed myself, and sometimes it takes some heavy things to hit me before I finally 
submit or snap out of it. And so this is kind of what's going on here. But while at the same time with these plagues, he's also not, he's not just going to show the Israelites. Who else is he going to show? The Egyptians. He said this. He's going to show the Egyptians that I am is God. That's what he said his name was. I am. Tell them I am sent you. I am is going to show them that he's God, not Pharaoh. They believed that Pharaoh was God. God's going to show them otherwise, right? So you see a whole nation of people, they believe that Pharaoh is a God, but they're about to see their God fail miserably against someone greater than he is. The one true God. And again, it's not for us to look at God's hardening of Pharaoh and God's judgments and say, that's not fair. The picture here is that this is what it's going to take to save a bunch of people, both Israelite and Egyptian. You know, you did not just wake up one morning and suddenly go, I think I'll get saved today. That's not how it works. You first had to go through pressure. You had to go through trial. You had to go through some pain. You had to go through extreme circumstances that were put on you by God. There may be some people here, they're still going through it. Put on you by God to humble you down to the point where you recognize that you aren't good enough. I used to think I was good enough. I can take that. No, you can't. You can't. That you're not good enough. You need to get under the Lord. For those of us who are saved, who had to go through all this stuff in order to wake up and snap out of it, do we now look back at God and say, God's not fair for that trial that I went through back then? No. We say God is merciful to have taken us through that so that we could be saved from something much, much worse. A place called hell. Oh, he said it. Yes, I said it. That word nobody likes to hear. Jesus saved me. And just think about the word saved for a minute. I I really thought about that the other day, the word saved. It means you're kept from something terrible. That's what saved means. I know people that don't believe in hell, but they'll say they're saved. Saved from what? See? God put hardship and trial on us to wake us up to who He is so that we might be saved from something infinitely worse. And so this is why we don't look at God hardening Pharaoh's heart and all the plagues that He's about to put on Egypt and say, well, that's not fair. Because you can see what He's doing to help them. God is trying to save people with all this. First, the Israelites... And maybe even some Egyptians in the process. And so you can see how it's necessary for God to do this to Pharaoh and Egypt so that they can see that I am is God, the God of Israel. He's God, not Pharaoh. Pharaoh is their false God. He is not to be worshipped or trusted. And you know what? And you keep hearing this from me, you hear it from Dove and hear it from other pastors. There's judgment coming to America. It's not the same America I grew up in. If judgment's coming to America, it's, it's obvious, so that our God can show our country that He is God and that all the false idols we have are not God. Same picture. Same thing He's doing with Pharaoh. He's trying to show the people Pharaoh is not God. All these other things are not God. I'm God. And I'm going to squash those things out that you've been trusting in. God's starting to do the same thing in America. And for most of us, it's money. Hard one to swallow there. So when you see people's hearts hardened, judgment set in, always remember not to grumble about what's not fair. Let me tell you, if we got what's fair, and I mean if we got what's truly, really fair, if we got what's truly fair, 
then all of us would be condemned to hell right now. That would be fair. So be careful what you say what's not fair. God is doing this to get people to acknowledge the Lord, to see Him as the one true God through who they would be saved. This is way beyond being fair. This is God being merciful and gracious. This ain't about being fair. Exodus 7 and 8. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, When Pharaoh speaks to you, saying, Show a miracle for yourselves, then you shall say to Aaron, Take your rod and cast it before Pharaoh and let it become a serpent. So Moses and Aaron went into Pharaoh and they did so, just as the Lord commanded. And Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh and before his servants, and it became a serpent. But Pharaoh also called the wise men and the sorcerers, so the magicians of Egypt, they also did in like manner with their enchantments. For every man threw down his rod, and they became serpents. But Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods, and Pharaoh's heart grew hard, And he did not heed them as the Lord had said. What gets me here is the fact that these sorcerers and magicians could conjure up the same thing. They could duplicate these signs. I mean, they turned a stick into a snake. You ever seen that? It wasn't trickery. They turned sticks into snakes. Now, if they weren't doing it by the power of God, then who are they doing it by? There's only one other. Satan. Yeah. Satan is able to perform counterfeit miracles. Big thing we need to understand today. He can do counterfeit miracles. He's able to perform counterfeit miracles to deceive. Did you know that? Did you know Satan can do these kind of things? Not all that seems to be a miracle is done by God. And we need to be aware of this. 2 Thessalonians 2.9 The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders. Be ready for this. People often tell me, God's working in their lives. Oh, God's working in my life. Oh, all these miracles are going on. But these are people that don't study God's word. They don't obey Jesus' commands. They don't test the spirits. And as soon as they see something that's anything remotely looking like a miracle, they have to say, oh, that has to be God. God's the only one that can do that. Uh, No, it's not. Satan can do things too to mislead you, to destroy you. The Bible says Satan masquerades as an angel of light. He's going to look like something you want. He's not going to look like the guy with the red horns and the pitchfork. He looks like something you want to have. You think about it and you go fishing. I I don't know how many of you fish. I've been fishing and what, what do you throw out to them? You throw out a piece of bait. You throw something out to them that they want, and they bite that thing, there's a hook in it, and you got them. And if that fish don't get off that hook, it leads to his end. Same goes with sin, and it's going to look like something you want. Discern if it's got a hook in it. People want something that is attractive to them, and that's, that's the big deception in the world today. People who think they're saved, but they're not. They're deceived because they don't know God's Word or who He is. But they are given something that they've always wanted, so they assume it has to be God. So they assume again, well, I must be saved then, or else I would not have had this great sign happen to me. And they don't realize there's a hook in it, and now they're in trouble. 1 John 4.1, 1. 
Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. There's a lot of liars out there. I don't have to tell you that. We're through, we're through election time. Everybody's talking about, oh, he's lying or she's lying. I don't trust her or him or whatever. Hey, people are lying. We know it. It's just the way it goes out there. And this is why I drill every sermon so hard with tons of Scripture so that I can show you as much truth as I possibly can within the one hour that I have you. Test the spirits whether they are of God. Satan can do things too. Test them against God's Word. Now the good thing here in Exodus 7 is that Aaron's snake swallowed up all the Satan's snakes. <laughs> so you can change them into snakes. So what? My snake is going to eat your snakes. This would have been awesome to see. I wish I could have been there to watch this. All these snake, the snake going around swallowing them all up. Basically what that's showing, demonstrating that God's power is superior to all evil. And thank God for that. God is almighty. In Jesus Christ, we have no reason to fear the power of darkness at all. Had, if, had you seen that snake eat all these snakes, he didn't get all of them but one, or all of them but two, or all but half of one. He ate them all. God is superior. But remember, the snake, I'd said this before, the snake symbolized power to the Egyptians. That was their God of power. What did God just show them? Your God of power ain't got nothing on me. But just as God had predicted, Pharaoh's heart would not be enabled to hear the message. God demonstrates his absolute sovereignty. Again, he hardened his heart. God demonstrates his sovereignty over all men by using them as he pleases. Now, some men, as Moses, are used to honor God, but others, like Pharaoh, are used to dishonor to prove other things. And we're seeing this here. However, both kinds of people bring glory to God, even though it's beyond our limited ability. Hey, you're finite, and you know it. There's some things I can't do. If I wanted to fly around the room, I could flap my arms as hard as I want to. I ain't flying. I'd like to. It'd be cool. I'd probably look like a dork, but it'd be fun. But you can't do it. You're limited, right? It, he goes beyond our limited ability to understand. Why would he be this way? Why would he harden Pharaoh's heart? Because he's going to save a lot of people through this. Hey, God reached out to me to honor Him. And I urge you to submit your life to Jesus so that you can honor Him also. To honor God, how He would use us. Let God have His way. Exodus 7 and 14. So the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is hard. He refuses to let the people go. Go to Pharaoh in the morning when he goes out to the water and you shall stand by the river's bank to meet him. And the rod which was turned into a serpent, you shall take in your hand. And you shall say to him, The Lord God of the Hebrews has sent me to you, saying, Let my people go, that they may serve me in the wilderness. But indeed, until now, you would not hear. Thus says the Lord, By this you shall know that I am the Lord. Behold, I will strike the waters which are in the river with the rod that is in my hand, and they shall be turned to blood. And the fish that are in the river shall die. The river shall stink, and the Egyptians shall loathe to drink the water of the river. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, Say to Aaron, Take your rod and stretch out your hand over the waters of Egypt, over their streams, over their rivers, over their ponds, and over all their pools of water, that they may become blood. 
And there shall be blood throughout all the land of Egypt, both in buckets of wood and pitchers of stone. You know, I watched a documentary about this scientist guy that thought he figured out how the the water turned red. He didn't say blood. He goes, how it turned red. There's a fault line and an earthquake and this oxidized rust stuff came up and it turned the water red. And that's why the Nile turned red. I thought, wait a minute. This super mega scientist did a whole show on this. James Cameron, the director that did Titanic and Avatar, as smart as these guys are, they just didn't read the Word of God because if that's the way it went down, it wouldn't have got in the buckets. Is it that hard to see? Just read, man. So anyway, everything turned to blood. When the Bible says it turned to blood, that means it turned to blood. Oh, it turned red. No, it turned to blood. Cup of water sitting on a table in Egypt turned to blood. God already swallowed Egypt's symbol of strength, the snake, but now God is about to destroy Egypt's symbol of its livelihood, the Nile River, their water system. The Nile also was considered a god. Everything's a god in Egypt. And it would flood its banks in July, and it watered the soil so that there would be good crops. Now, during this time of year, Pharaoh, all pharaohs, would hold a celebration about the river's blessings because they knew that the river was going to water everything. They'd have a big festival to celebrate it. Uh, Who knows, maybe Moses interrupted Pharaoh during one of these celebrations to maximize the sting. He said, when Pharaoh goes down to the river. So it was probably a time when he went to have a big celebration. Moses is like, I'm going to be there when he goes there. Big sting for him because everybody's expecting the celebration and Moses is going to come and they're going to turn it to blood. Maximize the effect, right? So this is a big deal. Exodus 7 and 20. And Moses and Aaron did so. Just as the Lord commanded, so he lifted up the rod and struck the waters that were in the river in the sight of Pharaoh and in the sight of his servants. And all the waters that were in the river were turned to blood. The fish that were in the river died. The river stank and the Egyptians could not drink the water of the river. So there was blood throughout all the land of Egypt. Then the magicians of Egypt did so with their enchantments and Pharaoh's heart grew hard and he did not heed them. As the Lord had said, and Pharaoh turned and went into his house. Neither was his heart moved by this. So all the Egyptians dug all around the river for water to drink because they could not drink the water of the river. And seven days passed after the Lord had struck the river. So since the Nile was so vital to their agriculture, their economy, you think they had ships that would come in on it. They'd water. I mean, everything went on the Nile, right? This miracle was shocking to them because the Egyptians associated a bunch of false gods with the Nile River. They got gods all over the place. And a bunch of them were in the river. To the Egyptians, their false gods were immediately and again conquered. Gods just one at a time. I'm going to conquer this god in your system. I'm going to conquer that god. Some of their gods protected the fish. But when all the fish died, God demonstrated, hey, those gods don't have anything on me. Your false gods are useless as well as non-existent. And just like when Moses' snake swallowed Pharaoh's snakes, the Lord is stepping all over their belief system. Their whole way of thinking is being trampled on right now. Because he's showing them, I'm God. Not all these other things. I'm God. God stands above our false gods. Again, money. Some people turn to their money as their God. He'll get me, my money will get me out of this. If I could just make more money, I'll fix all my problems. Some people turn to to drugs. They turn to alcohol. They turn to 
any number of a million things out there that they take comfort in without giving God a first thought. Now, I'll point at me for a minute. I think about how many times I've had a headache and I put in all the effort to get up, go to the medicine cabinet, get a Tylenol, pop it, and sit down and go, I hope that Tylenol takes my headache away and not once pray to God. I've done it. We've all done something like that. God is stepping all over their false gods and says, hey, look at me. I'm it. I'm God. We need to do that in our lives. We need to remove the false gods of our lives. But even in this miracle with the Nile, here's what gets me. And I almost had to laugh at it if it wasn't so serious. Even with this miracle of the Nile, Pharaoh's magicians were able to duplicate it. And so his heart was hardened. And one thing to consider is how did the magicians turn the water to blood if all the Nile and everything was already blood? See, I, I got to think of what happened here. Apparently, the magicians went and had to dig up some water, like they said the people were doing, away from the Nile, and then bring it back and duplicated this water turning to blood here. But this only would have been done on a small scale. They could have come back with, like, say, a bucket or a cup, and they did it on a very small scale. They didn't do it on the scale God did it, the whole river and all the, all, everything. They didn't do that. But still, it remained that God struck the whole river, everything. Now, God's sign was still superior to Pharaoh's magicians, but Pharaoh still hardened his heart. Now, some of you, again, you're thinking about how amazing it is that his magicians were able to duplicate this sign. But you think about it. The magicians turning clear water into blood, too, did that really help their situation at all? That's what got me. They're not doing any good. They made whatever situation it was one cup of water worse. You know? False gods don't help you, guys. They don't even help you a little bit. Oh, you know, my money can do this. Yeah, but it's not helping you. I would have probably, as fair, I would have said, you know what? I, I could have drank that cup you just had. Why'd you do that? <laughs> he wasn't thinking like we would have been. They weren't helping their own situation. They can duplicate this stuff. Satan can duplicate seeming miracles. The Bible says he was, that Satan was the craftiest of any beast. You can read that in Genesis 3. Revelation 16 says the demonic spirits can go around performing signs to deceive people. So what are we to do when Satan can do stuff like these magicians did, like turning this water into blood? As I said, test the spirits. 1 John 4, 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit. Test the spirits whether they are of God or not. That's what we're to do. Test the spirits. Well, Ray, how do I do that? How do I test the spirits? You better know the Word of God. I can't say it enough. For anybody that spent the whole week not reading God's Word, you've got next week to get it right. You have got to know this book. You better know the Word of God. If you ain't reading the Word of God, you are prime pickings for Satan's trickery. Thanks for listening today, and please join me every day, Monday through Friday, unless our Lord Jesus returns for us this week. This program is listener-supported and depends on tax-deductible donations to stay on the air. Give to Watch Therefore and contact me through our website at watchtherefore.tv. You can also send tax-deductible donations to Watch Therefore, P.O. Box 564, Pearland, Texas, 77588. Again, by the web, watchtherefore.tv, and mail... Watch Therefore, P.O. Box 564, Pearland, Texas, 77588. You can also call me right now at 713-624-0943. That's 
624-0943. Keep watching for Messiah Jesus. This is John Peake with Israeli Self-Defense and Fitness. We are the new breed of martial arts and fitness designed to give you the understanding and skills to defend yourself and your family against an attack or threat by an armed or unarmed attacker or multiple attackers. We're an international organization led by former Israeli soldiers with a curriculum that is simple and effective. You owe it to yourself, family, and loved ones to be able to defend against any assault should the need arise. We are followers of Jesus Christ, led by His Holy Spirit to provide a safe and functional training environment to develop life-saving skills and increase your physical fitness beyond what you may think is possible. We offer group, private, and corporate training. Call today and mention KKHT to get a 10% discount on your membership. Remember, you owe it to yourself and loved ones not to be a victim. Visit us on the web at IsraeliSelfDefense.net or call 713-53-TRAIN. That's 713-538-7246 to get started today.